You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. How about that? Dustin Haney made an awesome video. Uh, Matt Rogers and Ben Stennis wrote a great song. I'm very proud to be the, uh, the person that got to get the song. Do you guys still believe in country music? I'm very proud to be able to stand up here with uh, this award. This is uh, the second CMT award we've got tonight. And the best part of it is that it is fan voted. So thank to every single person that got up there and voted. Long live country music. Are you with me? All right, so here we are, me and Jordan, with a very special guest, Mr. Matt Rogers. Good to be here. How you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Man, I tell you a really cool, funny story to kick this off. I seen your dad jumping up and down on a CMT comment when T. You Can't did phenomenal. And he was so proud of you, and I had to go ahead and reach out because I'm like, if he wrote that song, he thinks just like us, and we would love to talk to you. Yeah. So hats off to your dad. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a trip. I, I think uh, <clears throat> I, I don't have much social media, and I know my dad, uh, he's got, like, Facebook and all that stuff, but he, he gets pretty fired up if he, if, if he sees a comment that isn't a positive comment, whereas I've, I've been a songwriter for so long, it's like, usually the comments are mostly negative so you just need to what you know you need to just brush it off but yeah he he kind of uh he goes into dad mode yeah <laughs> that sounds like my dad that sounds like what he does mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's cool though yeah 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 we're not above going after family members to get to the people who are hey. the stars <laughs> hey, absolutely <laughs> hey, we do we can. the same if, if we if we you know, there's an end to get to somebody, we will use it. Right. If we get in where we fit in. Yeah. <laughs> so could you tell us kind of what it was like growing up as a kid? I mean, uh, what, what was your favorite music when you were growing up? Um, well, I'm 40. So when, like when I consider like growing up, I would say I grew up in the 90s. So um, I was born in 81. So I had like a lot of good rock and roll influences my dad took me to see guns and roses when i was in fifth grade they actually opened for aerosmith so my parents were always really cool about whatever i listened to um but when the 90s kicked off i was huge into grunge music like stone temple pilots alice in chains and the thing is i've never outgrown it i still listen to it constantly i do too but yeah i mean because it's just great music but i mean i i got really into the hip-hop movements and in the nineties and early two thousands and Neo soul. Um, I loved country cause my dad was in a country band. So I, I really had a very wide palette of, of shit that I just listened to because I liked it. There was no like, I'm a rock guy or I'm a, I'm a this. And I just liked it all. Yeah. You're exactly like, it's like, I'm looking in a mirror. Except yeah. It's one of those little circus mirrors where it's all wobbly and I yeah. weigh like a hundred yeah. pounds yeah. more than you. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, I listened to the same stuff. I loved, you know, grunge. I loved oh, yeah. I loved it's all great. of it. Yeah. I wasn't all that much into country unless it was like, you know, Hank Jr. or 
you know, something like that when I was growing up. But yeah, I really like Dwight Yoakam. My because Dwight was such a he's such a rock star. So mm-hmm. when my dad was like playing me Dwight Yoakam shit, and I heard the electrics and more of that Bakersfield sound, I really gravitated towards that. Um, so I would say like Dwight, and then like the real like honky tonk Brooks and Dunn stuff, yeah. because it was just it, it felt so authentic to me. So I definitely dove into country with I would say Brooks and Dunn. Dwight Yoakam and Vince Gill because of his voice, because he's such an exceptional singer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's like spot on with me. It, yeah. yeah, it is because I'm like the kid who grew up nothing but country. And then we got Jordan who's just like you. So it, it makes our show great because we have like all types of music. You yeah, know? sure. Um, that is and me and him don't agree on a whole lot yeah. <laughs> we're like polar opposites in a lot sure. of ways <laughs> yeah well, there's nothing wrong with that yeah. no, so, so what got you uh into nashville like who was the first person that you met that kind of took you under your wing or under their wing well moving to nashville was was not my intention i'm i'm you know born and raised in the northeast so i i went to journalism school to get my master's and i wanted to write for rolling stone um, and it's 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 a very difficult job to get. It's about as difficult as getting a, a song cut in Nashville. It's very really tough. But when I got done with grad school, I applied to positions everywhere, all across the country, just newspapers and magazines and online publications. And the one place that hired me was in Nashville. So it brought me here. And I'd always been a musician, but never to the point where I would be like, okay, I'm going to pursue th- this as a career. Um, but it just so happens that after applying to like 200 different publications, the one that hired me was in Nashville. So it was, it was kind of just, I guess you could say written in the stars or something, because I I don't think I would have ever moved South. That's fate or destiny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Sometimes when I look back on it, because I, I was very close to taking a position in, in Maryland, there was another one in Erie, Pennsylvania, which I can't even imagine. Erie, northeastern <laughs> Pennsylvania is brutal in the winter. Erie is about twenty times worse. So. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of like meeting people and people taking under under their wing and stuff, I, I feel like most of the time when you're a young songwriter, you meet other struggling songwriters, and you all kind of just take each other under your wing, and and everybody just helps each other. And some of the first guys I met in town are still to this day. Some of my best friends, we play write arounds together constantly. Um, we've been in each other's weddings. So um, I kind of feel like that's that's a normal path for a lot of songwriters. It's just meeting other writers and putting your putting your nose to the grind and getting after it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we've spoke to a few in the past. And I mean, ultimately, that's what they say. You know, they all did. They you know, moved to Nashville and they met all kinds of other songwriters and they got like, in a group. Yeah. And in that group, that's where they you know, blossomed. But yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned the Northeast. I was curious, you know, you know country songs always talk about, you know, their hometown. Mm-hmm. So if you had to say your hometown, what would it be? Um, I, man, I think my hometown is a very classic Northeast hometown. It's houses are kind of on top of each other. Um, you, you know, it's, uh, I grew up with a lot of great like Italian restaurants, a lot of Irish bars. So like, you know, when you see movies like Goodwill Hunting or right. that nature, that's kind of the area I grew up in. It's very blue collar. There's a lot of mills. There's a lot of plants. Um, <clears throat> Was it the, in uh, Massachusetts or? 
I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania. So basically, okay. I would people if you've seen the show The Office. My hometown is yeah. not very far. Scranton. Scranton. Mm-hmm. Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. So, okay. so yeah, it's just it's a very blue collar part of the country. So, um, I definitely didn't grow up like when you listen to country music and they talk about like a lot of like farmland uh-huh. and one stoplight towns. That's not where I grew up. Right. That's where we grew up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just an hour and a half north of you now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as I was looking at the songs that you have written, which are I'm I'm a big fan of uh the long way. Yeah. Freedom Freedom was a highway mm-hmm. till you can't. But yeah. the cool thing is about Till You Can't, it was one of the first songs that I heard that I called up my grandpa and we made plans sure. this Sunday. We're gonna take the grandkids we're actually going to go fishing and quit talking about it. Yeah. And so I know that song is uh, five years old, right? It's it's closer to six. Oh, wow. So could you tell us a little bit of how that song come about? Um, I wrote it with Ben's tennis. Ben and I have been writing together for going on a decade now. Um, We always make it a point to just write what we call them two ways in town. Now now you're seeing a lot of three ways. You're seeing some songs that have four or five, six songwriters on them. Ben and I have always made it a point to just write two way. And he, he, you know, when you're a songwriter, you just write down different hook ideas, anything. And he just wrote, he had till you can't. And he was, we just started talking about like when you're pursuing a dream, whatever it is, be it in sports or in music or in acting, whatever you, you get so focused on, on that, that you lose sight of, of very, very simple things in life that mean the most. And usually it is, fishing with your grandfather or calling somebody and, and spending time going on a vacation with your family. So there was no, I wish there was this amazing wizard of Oz behind the curtain kind of story about till you can't, but it was just us writing everyday shit mm-hmm. and honesty. Right. Yeah. And, and we didn't, we didn't try to overwrite the song. Um, and when we got done with it, I think we both, and we're like, oh, this is a pretty special song. But in Nashville, you write a song, you're excited about it for about a week or two, and then you move on because you have you have so many other songs you're writing. So, um, yeah, that song kind of just sat around for a while. I mean, I, it was getting pitched around town, but I mean, to the point where Ben and I had almost forgotten about it. And then all of a sudden, Cody put it on hold, and we're like, okay, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then a year and a half goes by, and he puts out, starts teasing the record, and he's playing it live, and then he was like, okay, this is going to be my next single. And it just exploded from that point. I mean, it was, it, I've never seen anything like it in my career in terms of the trajectory of that song moving. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's a great song. It's a great message. It's, it's pretty much exactly what you want in a country song. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah, it seems it's to be a story. It's a message. It's a, yeah. All of it so now what's uh what's something that you what was one of the coolest things like you decided with the success that you was having that you had always wanted that you went out and got with your first uh amount of success my first hit was with randy hauser um song called we went and um I told my wife, like when I came to Nashville, I had, I had a pretty shitty guitar. I mean, it did, it, it served its purpose, but I always wanted to buy like my own guitar. And, um, 
I just went looking around and I got my first decent check and um, I saw a guitar that I, that I liked and I knew I really liked it and went back to the office because my wife and I were working for the same publisher at the same time. And I was like, man, I just saw this guitar. I really like it. She was like, just go get it. Just go get the guitar. So it's a 69 Gibson. Um, it doesn't sound great live, but it's so great for just like playing in the room when I'm writing and yeah, that, that was pretty cool. But I, I will say uh, it sounds like a very big songwriter cliche, but I blame my kids for doing it. But having freedom was a highway until you can't recently go number one. I went out and bought a brand new Silverado. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so be it a cliche, whatever, man. But, you know, <laughs> with two kids and car seats and the space. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Yeah. You, I mean, you might as well. Yeah, and the truck prices right now are outrageous. Yeah, I, I got an unbelievable deal on it, so I just had to do it. Yeah, well, if you got a good deal, you had to do it. Yeah, but I'm not. A, I'm not an impulsive spender, so there's nothing. Right. There's nothing. You hear people like, "Oh, I went out and bought a fucking boat," and you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you gotta understand, you don't make that much money. Right. <laughs> so, are you a sports fan at all? I am. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> definitely basketball would be my favorite sport. Um, because I went to Syracuse, I'm a huge college basketball junkie. Yeah. So that's definitely my favorite sport. Yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a Kentucky fan. Yeah. I'm from Kentucky. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, all right. Well. I love watching Kentucky basketball. I mean, they, they always have such great teams. So I mean, when college basketball is on, you, 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 anytime there's a, a Kentucky or it's Duke or North Carolina or mm-hmm. Syracuse or – Whatever. State, Kansas. They're always, yeah, they're always going to be good games. So I'll watch. I can watch basketball anytime. See, I'm glad I have somebody on here I can talk to about this. Is every time <laughs> I try to talk to Ryan, he's like, "Are you talking Mandarin? I don't yeah. understand anything you're saying." Not a basketball guy, you're a football guy. Huh? No, he's no, no. no like I, I just, did, I, I was into cheerleaders. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, the only I thing that has balls on. that he understands is his. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't understand anything else with balls. Zone out. Is there what's one song that you wish you would have written? Um, well, I mean, there's definitely God, a country song or just songs in general. Just a song in general. Oh, I mean, if I had to rattle it off the top of my head, I would probably just I'd have to say the Hotel California. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles, man. That's I, I, that's one band that my dad and my mom and my brother and me. We always constantly listen to the Eagles. And if I'm grilling outside, I put on the Eagles. Um, yeah, probably Hotel California. That's an awesome song. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a yeah, yeah, tried and true classic. Oh, it's never going anywhere. No, it's not played till the end of time. Yeah. So is there an artist out there that, you know, you would love to get the opportunity to, you know, record a song with or write a song for <laughs> Um, I mean, there's definitely like bucket list cuts. Um, I've always been a huge Leanne Womack fan. I would love her to cut one of my songs. I just think she's the purest female country singer ever. Um, I would love to write with Vince Gill. And funny thing is my boss at Sony, he's married to Vince's daughter, Jenny. And, uh, they've been together for years. They have two kids and I've never, I've never really pushed the issue, but I'll, I'll kind of nudge him every now and then and be like, Hey, does, you know, is Vince still writing? Is Vince want to write? <laughs> but, 
But Vince is uh, touring with the Eagles, so I don't think he gives a shit about writing. <laughs> right, he's just loving the moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what advice would you give to somebody young that's moving to town? Um, <clears throat> you know, it's tough because the when I moved to town 16 years ago, going on 17, um, you, you had to <clears throat> record your own songs, put them on a CD and you had to walk them to publishers and, and, uh, they would say, this is, these five songs are great. Come back when you have some more. And now <clears throat> with the advent of things like TikTok and all that shit, it's <clears throat> the consumption of music and, and, the, and the sharing of music has become so much easier for people. But I feel like the advice I would give these, some of these younger acts I think when you're recording music through like whether it's Instagram or TikTok, it's through a filter and you can do multiple takes and you can get it perfect. You need to be able to get up on stage in Nashville at the Bluebird or at the listening room or at Douglas Corner. If somebody hands you a guitar and says, play us a song, you better be able to fucking do it. Amen. And if, and if you can't, then you're not good enough and you need to go home. And that's my only gripe with the, 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 the quick, consumption and transferring of music through those things. It's like, Oh yeah, this is great. This kid sounds great, but he's singing through an auto tuned microphone right. and he did multiple takes to get it perfect. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not the spirit of Nashville. It's not the spirit of Nashville that I grew accustomed to when I got here in 2006. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got, you got to be able to just, if somebody hands you a guitar, you better be able to, you better be able to play it and sing. Right. And, and, and I agree with that point right there because me and Jordan recently had a discussion Mm -hmm. over this. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the live being able to entertain a crowd, being able to be good enough to do it without having the, let's start the cameras over, you know, it's such a different world than it was in 2006 because I I remember that time as well. You know, I think the hardest or the biggest issue with somebody who's at home playing, Yep, music in front of their computer and like send it out to the world. The only hardship they have is the comments. Yeah. The comments and they're getting just blistered by people nonstop because yeah. there's everybody's a bully and got gigantic balls when they're sitting at home. Yeah. yeah. In their mom's basement. So yeah, that's the worst part, but I do agree. You need to have that experience in a bar or in just in front of a crowd. I don't have to be in a bar. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, that's, crowd, but it's, it's still why I play all the time. I mean, like I, I do, um, I play the listening room probably one or two times a month. Um, I, you know, I'm always asked by other writers to play the bluebird. Um, and I do them because I love doing it. And it's part of what makes me a songwriter and what, what lights me up as a songwriter. But I also do it because it's, you know, as cliche as it sounds, it's like, it's like kind of like riding a bike. You know, if you don't do it for, couple months or a year you get back on you're a little wobbly but if you continue to do it you're always going to be on your game and that's why it's necessary to play all those live shows yeah for sure i agree and and it it helps listening to other people like when i when i hear my buddies play new songs that they've written i love it i love hearing stuff that i haven't heard I, i love hearing what's inspiring other writers so yeah the live performance is a huge aspect of becoming a songwriter and a, I think a successful songwriter. Yeah. Cool. So I think we're done with the, 
<clears throat> long form uh, questions. Sure. I have a few, you know, rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of silly. If you don't want to answer, you don't, you don't have to, job. obviously. But, uh, <laughs> do you pee in the shower? I don't. Whoa, that's the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it goes it goes the same place. I do. But uh, your <clears throat> favorite place to perform? Perform? Uh, I would say it would be the listening room in Nashville. Okay. What is your Mount Rushmore of country music? Oh, man. Uh, Vince Gill. Uh, Leanne Womack. Dwight Yoakam. And and Buck Owens. I'm huge into Bakersfield, so. Yeah, yeah, I would probably go with with those, yeah. Uh, Where do you go to get your best ideas? I don't have to go anywhere, man. You just, uh, I think if you listen to the world around you, they they define you. I've heard people say they go to the gym. And no. it just hits them when they get the blood flowing. Uh, well, good for that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't get ideas at the gym. Yeah. I, I think I think just listening to your surroundings. My wife watches a lot of television, like different series, and sometimes the writing is so good in those. You just hear these things that are like, "Oh, that'd be a great idea for a song." Yeah. Do you have a favorite TV, uh, TV show of all time? Yeah. Oh, Seinfeld. It's uh, without question. Gotcha. Yeah. Sure about nothing. All right. Yes, right. I have one more question. Do you have anything else, Ryan? I don't have anything. I'm okay. good. So I'm going to take you on a journey. If you need yeah. to close your eyes, you can you can do so. But all right, imagine yourself walking in the middle of the night. You're walking down a highway. Mm. It's empty. There are no vehicles. There are no people. It's just all you know, straight road. There's nothing there. You walk a little bit further. You look to your right. There's an open field. But there are two bodies in that field. Yeah, one's the yeah, God and one's the devil. Okay. You have to sing one song to save your soul. What song is it? It don't have to be yours. Just whatever song you're going to sing with the most emotion possible. Vince Gill, go rest high on the mountain. Amen. Yeah, that's hard to be. That's that is a, that's a really good answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that was quick, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think it's it, that would be uh, – that would be leaning a little bit towards God a little bit more on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, we, we really do appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to talk with us. And yeah. um, it, we, we just love the music that you're producing. I hadn't seen a song on your list that, that I didn't like. So uh, huh. we, we look forward to hearing more from you. Yeah. I hope, uh, yeah, that's, that's the goal. It's always the goal. Yeah, We're going to be yeah. at Fanfare here in, well, about a month now. So yeah, are you going to be playing anywhere? Sure. Uh, you know, I, for me, it's it's usually last minute when people ask me to jump on stage for a listening room with Bluebird. But you can always just look on their websites, and sometimes you'll just see, you know, you playing. So you're saying for CMA Fest is when you're you're coming? You said yeah, we're going to come <coughs> that uh, Friday. Spend the whole day just kind of networking with uh, our podcast and just trying to go listen to people that we've had on the show. You know. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, you, you get to check some really good shows while you're here, too, because there's always <clears throat> not just the artists and stuff, but there's definitely right arounds and stuff. So I would, I would definitely dig in and see who's playing around because it would be great. Is there anybody that you suggest that we should check out artist wise? Artist wise, man, uh, there's a new there's a new kid who signed a Warner. His name is Patrick Murphy. 
give him a listen. He's great. He's okay. great. one of the best players. Okay. He's young too. I think he's only like 24, 25. He's a really, really exceptional singer. He plays piano too. Uh, I've become buddies with him, been writing with him. He's really good. I think I think he's he's got what it takes. Cool. Awesome. Good day. Yeah. All right, man. It was nice meeting you, Matt. All right. All right. Have a good Thank night. You. All right, you too. See you, fellas. See you. See you. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or beam a line in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, and we'll catch you all next time.